Good morning, you guys. What's going on? Bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. I bless his holy name. Oh my gosh, it has been a phenomenal week. You see, we into a new month. And I'm telling you, our pastor about to go down. I mean, he's about to go down with the word this morning. So I'm coming to you guys early. I'm going to plug y'all in. If not, you can go straight to YouTube right now for Change Church. Pastor Daniel Darius. Darius Daniels, I'm sorry. Um, a phenomenal young um, prophetic minister of the gospel who loved God and selfishness because everything that God has taught him and where he is now, he is now, uh, how they say he is duplicating himself through teaching others so there can be healthy, wealthy, and wise. So I want to encourage you all to go ahead and tune in. Go search on YouTube, Change Church, okay? And it's live and how you know that I'm going to be part of that? We have on all white. Okay? So, whatever church that's online today, and, and they have their church name, Change Church or whatever, if they don't have all white on, that ain't me. Okay? <laughs> right now, he is live. And we all, we, we having a good time. And after that, I'm going to come back and just like, you know, we're just going to have a good time. We're just going to have a good time growing in grace, right? I have some awesome announcements to come up afterwards. But I just want you go, you guys to just prepare yourself and get ready, okay? All right. God bless. Yes. I'm protected. Yes. I'm favored. Yes. The favor of God yes. is on my life. Yes. Goodness and mercy follow me. I need the redeemed of the Lord to say so. Raise your voice. If you're a child of the King and no weapon formed against you will prosper. So, Father, we, we thank you today, and we speak over us what you said about us. We counsel the voice of the enemy, and we declare, and we confess, and we affirm that your word is true. We are chosen, not forsaken. Thank you that you picked us. Thank you that you're protecting us. Thank you that you're providing for us. Thank you that every need is being met. Thank you that the blood is covering our family. Thank you that doors are getting ready to swing open. Thank you that victory has already been won. Thank you that relationships are being restored. Thank you that healing is hitting our bodies. We thank you for that. You're doing it in this room. You're doing it online. We give you praise for it. We stand in anticipation of it. We release faith for it. We remind ourselves not just of who you are, but of who we are. We are yours. Now, Lord, bless your children. Meet every need. Restore. Speak a word that pushes us into push us today. Father, some of us since we're on the edge of something extraordinary. <laughs> some of us feel pregnant with something this morning and we feel like our water's about to break that you're about to give birth to something push us over the edge this morning and we thank you for this and we ask this in the name of Jesus and we demonstrate our faith by giving you the language of faith and that's praise Thank you that is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody that knows how to praise him, 
Praise him like it's already done. I said praise him like it's already done. I said praise him like it's already done. It's, I'm just waiting on the manifestation. But I'm not going to wait till the battle's over. I'm going to shout right now. I said I'm not going to wait till the battle's over. I'm going to shout right now. Because it's already done. As you take your seats, just tell somebody, keep watching me. Yeah, just keep watching me. Because the next time you see me, I might be in a completely different season. Just keep watching. Just keep watching. <laughs> I heard he does quick turnarounds. I heard he does some things expediently. I heard he does some things expeditiously. I heard he does some things immediately. He can do it today. I said he can do it today. Keep watching me. Keep looking. I got to go. I heard, I heard one leader put it this way. He said, I, I never saw it this way. Weeping may endure. I've been quoting that my whole life. And I miss the may. It don't have to endure. It may endure for a night. But it may endure for a minute. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. It may. It may be next year. It may be this week. I, I don't know. It don't always have to take a long time. It may. Sometimes he does it longer than I expected, but I want about 33 people to praise him if you believe it. He's going to do it sooner than you expect. just expecting something some of us have just been praying for something some of us just refuse to let go until God blesses us excuse us 
I need about 30 more seconds to let the devil know I still believe God. Sometimes you have to let your feet testify. You're doing all that dancing, I'm just testifying. My feet are testifying. Testifying about where I was and where I am. And testifying about where I'm getting ready to go. I'm gonna let my feet do the talking. He's getting ready to take me into places that my eyes haven't seen and my ears haven't heard. You can you can be seated. Uh, good to see everybody. Clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Glad to be in his house today. Hey, make some noise for our largest campus, our online location. Make some noise for Change Global. Shout out to them. Welcome to all of you who are here on behalf of my wife and I. I'm incredibly excited and grateful just to have you here worshiping with us. And we got some exciting things happening here at Change Church. We're grateful to God for them. I, I'm, I'm not sure if, I mean, I don't know why you'll be aware of this. So I don't, I'm not even going to say that. There'll be no reason for you to wear, be aware of this. I should be aware of this because I'm in this space. And that is, I don't know, I don't know the exact uh, Percentages escaping me, but this is what I do know. Church plants, which is what this is, typically, at least here in the West specifically, in, in America specifically, excuse me, not in the West, in America specifically, have the same success rate as small businesses. And that means the majority of them do not make it past the five-year mark. And if you don't have context for what normal is you won't acknowledge when you got a miracle see some of you right now you're in a miracle season but because you don't have a framework for what normal is you're taking what's a miracle for granted Jesus, because it's been it's been your normal so long you think it's normal whoa Everybody not going through what you're going through and still maintaining the, the degree of emotional health that you have, that's not normal. People don't come from where you come from and bounce back and recover. That's not normal. People don't walk with Jesus as long as you've walked yeah, with Jesus yeah, yeah. and made a decision that they're never going to turn back. That's not normal. People don't get their heart broken and still bounce back and recover and have a heart of flesh and not a heart of stuff. That's not normal. So sometimes you're sitting in something that's your normal, but it's not normal. And you can't appreciate it properly because you haven't perceived it accurately. So when we say stuff like, you blessed, when I say that, I say that with perspective. Because I hear who's going through what. So when I say you blessed, you, I'm giving you context. And so I want us to apply this to our church if this ministry in any way has added value to you. And let me let me be very clear when I say added value. Made your life better. I want you to see we defied the odds 
and in two weeks, September 18th, we're going to be celebrating 17 years. The average is less than five. We're 17 and we're in our best season. And when I say best season, this is, this is, I used to have a network where I mentor pastors and from time to time, I would be talking to them and, I, and I'd ask, hey, how are things going? And then they'd give, like, you know, religious settings are the only settings where you can declare something successful with no evidence to back it up. I mean, how are things going? Oh, man, it's good. God's moving. He's blessing. Okay. What, is it growing? Well, no, 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 not, not really, but God's, okay, are, are more people volunteering? No, 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 not really, but God's going, okay, uh, are, are people being more generous? Uh, no, 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 not really, okay, well, is the church being more generous? No, 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 not really, okay, well, God is still good, but we, we, we kind of need to come back and see, where, where's the fruit? Yeah, come on now, yeah. And so when I say we're in our best season, I'm telling you there's fruit that says, we're in our best season. We're reaching best season. We're reaching more people than we've ever reached. We're helping more people than we can ever help. We just worked on something this week. We get ready to partner with another ministry and send three tractor trailers full of water to Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Come on our children Come on. are still being taken care of in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. During the pandemic, they didn't miss one single meal. We got fruit, tangible evidence of God's goodness to this house. So we're excited about that. We want to be good stewards of that and be grateful to that, grateful for that, and just celebrate God's goodness. Um, I, I am excited about today's lesson. It's, uh, I'm going to actually conclude this Christian-ish series on today, and uh, we're going out with a bang. <laughs> we're going out with a bang, and I want to I really kind of just talk to you a little bit today. And I was praying a little bit on the way here. I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to us a, a bit. Here's the thing. There's a, there's a scripture in Chronicle that said the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. And so one of the things, John Maxwell talks about this in 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. He talks about the law of intuition and how a leader has to have intuition. I think that's more important spiritually, right? And I think you have an intuition whether you're spiritual or not. It's just when you are a believer, your intuition now can be influenced by God. Does that make sense? So now God can give you an intuitive edge that you didn't have. You can sense things. And, I, and I'm not just saying this. You guys know I don't just use this language just to use it. But I just sense we are, that so many of us that are part of this and connected to this house, you're in such a critical season that some things have to be done quickly. And so what I'm believing for is some expedited heart healing today. Because some of you are in a season where you don't have three and four years to do it the conventional way. There, you in a seat, this is a critical season for you. And how some of you manage this season. Mm. It's going to determine what the next few seasons are like for you. You do know a season can give birth to seasons. Jesus. And so I just sit, some of you are here, so I want you to allow me to be a real spiritual leader, spiritual father in the faith today, and to really talk this house and those that look to this house for spiritual growth, to talk you through something that that I think is so key and so critical and it's something that I see as the cause of most uh, pain uh, that at least I walk people through in my uh, leadership role here at Change Church. So I want to read one scripture found in Amos chapter 3 verse 3. And this is what Amos says. He says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? I want to talk from this subject today. I want to give you a recipe for relationships. 
a recipe for relationships. I want to begin our time together, family, by communicating a conviction that I believe needs to be regularly repeated. And that is, besides making a decision to follow the leadership of Jesus, who you choose to be romantically involved with is one of the most consequential decisions yes. you will ever make. Yes, that's for real. Teach. I'm going to say this again. Come on, teaching. Besides making a decision to live your life following the example and adhering to the instructions of Jesus Christ, besides that, the most consequential decision you will make is who you choose to spend the rest of your life with. I, 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 I want to reiterate a word that I chose to use to convey my point, and that word is consequential. Because I am not saying that your relational life is the most important thing in your life. I am saying it affects everything that's important. It's tight already. <laughs> and watch this decisions that are this consequential should not be made casually however the spirit of this age what does that mean that's a term that uh, Paul uses in the Bible to describe social trends the way people typically do things in a given point in human history the spirit of this age has seemed to cultivate a culture of casualness. Come on. Flippantness, nonchalantness when it comes to relational decisions. Ask if who you choose to give your heart to doesn't affect you. This not only seems to be the case, listen to me, with the way we are managing ourselves when it comes to who we pick, but it also seems to be the case, uh-oh, everybody breathe. It also seems to be the case in how we are managing others after we pick them. Jesus. Okay, let me rephrase it. There seems to be, watch this now, because you, you got to understand, church is not, church culture is not the only culture that disciples. There's a word the Bible uses to describe Christians who have been discipled by culture. The word's carnal. It means that person is a believer. They've been authentically converted, but the majority of their life and the decisions that they make are not influenced by God's creative intent. It's influenced by whatever is the spirit of the age. It's Christian-ish. It's, it's whatever's in vogue, whatever's popular, whatever's gaining steam. Yeah, whoever the new influencer is on relationships, even if they don't have one. Whatever, whatever is in vogue, it means that that's what's influencing their decisions. That's what's influencing their financial decisions. That's what's influencing their professional decisions. That's what's influencing their emotional decisions. That's what's influencing their relational decisions. The Bible calls that. It's not that they're not a Christian. It's not that God doesn't love them. Not that they're not going to heaven. It's just, it's carnal. So culture, disciples, and there's this, we've been discipled into, here it is again now, casualness when it comes to playing with my heart. Because some of us, watch this, well-meaning, but, but there's this culture of casualness and flippantness and nonchalantness. And, you know, I, I can just, I can do here, I can do there, because I can control my heart. And I'm going to show you in a minute you can't. Mm. Come on. I can control my heart. I'm going to show you in a minute that God who gave you your heart say you can't. 
and, and your heart will have you feeling something for somebody you shouldn't feel it for. He said, I'm in love with who ain't somebody who not good for me. See, come on now. No, 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 no. Come on now. And so that heart then, which is your second brain, has you acting illogically. So cognitively, you know that's not good for you. Cognitively, you know that they're not changing. Cognitively, you know that you deserve better. But emotionally, you can't do what you know to be true cognitively. Because you thought you had control. Because you with this one, that one, this one, that one, this. And then there was that one that got through. And that one that got through has such a hold on you. I know you, you got it. You got it under control, but it's... Now, we have children's church, right? The kids, because I'm... I, I said, I'm talking like a spiritual father today. So you got your kids in children's church, right? We got a great one. We got staff. So you, okay. It's always going to be that one. And if they don't get you emotionally... They gonna get you physically. See, let me. I'm just gonna stay in the camp. I'm gonna say it one more time, cause I'm not playing games with the devil today, and I'm not talking around this subject. I'm going straight there. If they don't get you emotionally, they will rock your world so much physically that you have a re a, a constant mental replay going on on the inside of you. And they have so taken you to the third heaven physically. Now you know they're not good for you on the first heaven. Jesus. Ain't nothing good but that. But that was so good that you keep going back. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and now you ruined because you have comparisons you should never have. You're wrestling with comparisons God never intended for you to wrestle with. And it complicates your ability now to choose correctly because you're trying to recapture something that you got in a season where the enemy wanted to embellish. Jesus. And over-exaggerate how good it was. Because it's as good as it was, you still left because the other part was that bad. Whoa. But the devil don't remind you of why you left. Y'all let me. He reminds you of why you wanted to stay. There's a casualness. Flippantness. Way more reflective of the way relationships are managed in culture. Christian-ish. So we don't just gamble with our heart with who we pick. We can also be inconsiderate of the hearts of the people we do pick. It's like, why you get me just to play with me? Do you want to be in a relationship or not? It's almost as if loving your neighbor doesn't inform the way we treat our partner. Whoa. You know that love your neighbor part go for your partner too. Love my neighbor, I do love them. No, 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 agape. What's that? That's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Come on.
it's almost as if the expectation is, and we got to talk about this, and this is why. Now, of course, there are a group of men that are adverse to commitment, but I think it's intellectually lazy to automatically assume that the lack of excitement when it comes to men and marriage has everything to do with commitment issues. I just think that's intellectual. Does that apply to a certain part of the demographic? Of course. But to say that's the only reason, that's intellectually lazy. Yeah, exactly. Because if I was not married and I see the way marriage is portrayed on TV and hear some of the people talk about their marriages that are married. Jesus. I don't know if I would want that. Are y'all okay? I want you to think about, think about, think about the images and the examples of marriage. And I know culture is not our example, but that's what's in front of most people. Right, right. I want you to, come on now, I want you to think about celebrity couples. I want you to think about, um, no, 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 I was about to say TV shows, guys. It's almost like the couple is like tolerating each other. Right. Jesus. No, just really think about it. It's like they're kind of tolerating each other. They're they not chasing each other no more. They're not, you know what I mean? The man ain't running behind the woman. The woman ain't studying the man. Come on now. They was more intimate when it was wrong than they were when it was right. Baby, come get the mic because they want me to play games. I don't... They want me to grab my ear and squall or something while the devil is running uncontested in this area of many of our lives. I'm telling you this, and I want y'all to hear me as a pastor who's been serving this church 17 years. I've had the privilege, the gift from God of walking with people through some of the most heart-wrenching experiences in their life. I can't tell you some of the stuff people have had to walk through. I've seen people in all sorts of pain. But at among the top of the list, very rarely have I seen anything break anybody like heartbreak. Jesus, for real. Yeah. I'm telling you what I know. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, I've, I, I've known men who have... Uh, gone through all sorts of physical adversity and you name it and didn't shed a tear and I've seen a woman betray their trust and it bring them to their knees yes lord I've seen I've seen women throw their whole lives on the line and serving and building and be loyal and committed and faithful and to be mistreated and abused yes, and lord. abandoned yes yes Jesus. I've seen very little yeah. break people like that. It breaks them. It scars them. And although some of that is unavoidable, what is important for us is to make a decision that we will not contribute to that happening to us any longer, nor will we contribute to that happening to God's people any longer that he chooses to bring me in relationship with. We need another recipe for relationships because let's be honest, this culture's recipe ain't giving what you want. Can we be honest now? I say it's not giving what you want. Here's what Solomon says. Solomon says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for, for out of it 
flows, for, for from it flows the springs of life. We, we, we've got to be intentional about creating a framework for making decisions regarding who we choose to give our heart to. Am I making sense, guys? We, we've got to be intentional. And then because we know the way the heart affects everybody else's life, we need to be intentional so that we are not playing with or intentionally damaging somebody else's. A Christian does not play, well, a, follow, a person who's living like Jesus does not play with another person's heart for the purpose of their entertainment. I just, can I, I who, who gonna give me an amen? I don't know, I'm preaching to the camera. I'm trying to figure out what side to preach to there. So I feel like there are two questions we need to answer, guys. We need, we, the, we need to answer who, who do we pick or how do we pick and then how does the Bible call for us to treat them once we pick them? Now, I'm going to say this. <laughs> the average believer does not have a practical framework for choosing. They choose based on their intuition. They choose based on their previous experiences. But there, there's, no, there's no framework. Now, here's, here's the danger of just choosing based on intuition. We end up at times making emotional decisions, and I'm not saying our emotions shouldn't be involved, but what I'm saying here, I feel like if many of us are honest, Either us or some people we know need to make less emotional decisions and more informed ones. Meaning they need to be more judicious before they invest emotionally. It means that they haven't taken the time to, to get to know a person to the degree that you see your heart's worth the risk. It's always a risk. Jesus. But at least do research before you risk. Right, at least say, hey, I need to stay emotionally neutral because I'm too old and too busy to keep going through breakups. I got people to raise. I got bills to pay. I got a purpose to accomplish. I got parents to take care of. I got a calling on my life to fulfill. Yes. I'm too old to be in the bed and can't focus. <laughs> Where's my church today? Am I talking to anybody that's honest enough where you like, I'm in a season of my life where I'm too busy to be crying over somebody who is not for me in this season of my life. I need to know is you is or is you ain't my baby. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> And this has been an area where the devil's had a stronghold on some of you. Because as soon as you get focused, he sends a distraction. You think it's a blessing. As soon as you headed in the right direction, you get a what you doing text. And you're like, I ain't heard from you in three years. And the first thing you're going to text me is what you doing. It is nothing but a distraction to detour you from your destiny. But today we're declaring I will be distracted no longer. I've been talking about this a lot. I'm going to have to do a teaching on this. I think we really need to re-evaluate our theology of spiritual warfare because we are so, uh, so obsessed with observing and looking for manifestations like exorcisms and strongholds and habits that we are missing. Like what Solomon says, catch now the foxes, the little foxes that's fall to mind. Sometimes the warfare isn't in the big things. Sometimes the warfare is in these little things yes. that you don't even see. That that text is warfare. It don't mean the person's a devil, but God ain't telling to text you. Whoa! You think God told him to text you? Jesus, what he, 
there's proof that it, we can see it with Jesus when he's attempted to carry out his calling Peter who means well attempts to talk Jesus out of it and Jesus says get thee behind me Satan he saw that even in someone who was well meaning and well intended they were not at that moment under the influence of the spirit of God they were under the influence of Satan So, so we need a framework. We need a biblical framework. And here's the thing. Now, the Bible does not say a lot specifically about dating because there wasn't any. Culturally, most of the relationships were arranged. So what do we have to do? We have to take a comprehensive look at the scripture and see what do, what do we see comprehens comprehensively in scripture that we can apply to our cultural context where dating is normal and necessary. Dating data. Jesus. Dating data. Yeah. Come on. You use the dating to gather the data. Come on. Not the dating See, sometimes we skip steps is we invest emotionally. And then we find out data on the back end. So we need a framework. So can I can I give can can I can I share with you what I've seen in scripture? Y'all sure? Okay. All right. What a way to end this series. All right, here it is. Here, here's a framework. Guys, we just getting started. Here's the framework here. here. Here's the first one. Now, just because everybody meets this criteria doesn't mean they're for you, but it means that if, you, if they don't meet this criteria, they're not safe for you to emotionally invest. So here's the first one, equally yoked. So I, I know this is the part of the Bible, you know, Christian is. It's like, let me leave that part out. Now, let me be very clear. When Paul talks about being unequally yoked, he's not talking about romantic relationships. But if it applies to platonic and casual relationships, certainly it applies to romantic ones. Because romantic ones are way more consequential. Right? Okay. Now, here is where I think, remember, the, the, enemy, in, the enemy is the prince of darkness. So <clears throat> one of his weapons of warfare is ignorance. And ignorance is a result of lack of information or access to the wrong information. Whoa. And I think when it comes to unequally yoked, where the enemy has a stronghold in many relationships, it's because of a lack of, info, I mean, uh, because of wrong information. Because let me tell you what equally yoked does not mean. It doesn't mean just because y'all go to the same church, you're equally yoked. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, that it don't mean just because they're a Christian, they're going to treat you better. See, y'all don't want to, I feel it over here, so this is, because some of you are honest enough to know and to admit, I, I dated people in the church, Pastor, yes, and Lord. outside the church, yes, and sometimes the one in the church treated me worse than, they were more grimy than the people outside the church. Because church attender does not mean Christ-like character. So them being a person of faith is important, yes. But it is only consequential when they are a person that is living their life under the influence of the presence or the principles of God. If not, they are your church mate, not your soul mate. Yep, we can go to God's house together, but you can't come to mine. I know you sing in the choir, but you still can't come. And I know you're usher, but you still can't come. And I know you volunteer in the other area, but you, I know you preach, but you still can't come. Because I'm not judging you based on your title. I'm looking at your character.
can preach, but you How can't come to my house. How can two together? <laughs> except for their, their agreement. There's got to be value agreement. We can share the same faith. We can both be Christian and not share the same values. There are Christians who don't value God. There are Christians who don't value worship. There are Christians who don't value generosity. And so there are Christians who don't value progress. There are Christians that are lazy, don't want to work, don't want nothing, never wanted nothing, get mad at you because you want something. Come on. And you can get with somebody that's Christian, but if your values are not aligned, you can't walk together. So equally yoked does not always mean, does not mean same place of maturity spiritually. That, that, doesn't always, that doesn't always mean that. But it does mean, are y'all following me here? That the person being a person of faith is where you start. But that's not where you finish. That, that there, because there are some people, listen to me, that are, there are some people that are newer in their faith, that are better in relationships than people who are tenured in their faith, because they just got better character. Y'all all right? Yep. Come on now, y'all know this is true. All of us know people that they, they was in church their whole life in me. And see, we laugh about that at church because you ain't got to live with them. Listen, guys, my wife and I, we, we were like, we, we, we've been having conversations around this because our heart and our calling and all this, it's changed. And so I'm, I'm always, and so I'll share some things with you. And when I, when I share things with you guys, I'm sharing things with you because I'm trying to, I know in order for us to change, we need more than information. We need examples. And um, you, Jesus is your ultimate example. But Paul told Church of Corinth, follow me as I follow Christ, meaning that sometimes you need an example of somebody that's trying to follow Jesus. Oh. Right? And so when I share things, it's not to you. It's not because I don't have anybody to talk to about these things. It's I'm, I'm trying to model. So I'm trying to pull back the curtain for you and model growth for you so, so that you can see what, what growth re requires. And sometimes growth requires not not a toxic, but a healthy deconstruction of your theology. It means you got to go back and revisit and say, now, am I understanding this right? And I literally was doing some deconstruction in my mind. I was talking to my wife about it. I said, I'm trying to understand if I'm understanding change right. Because it seemed to me a lot of people actually don't want it. I'm just, I'm, it's, I'm just, I'm just, see, I'm just, don't judge me now. I'm just saying, hey, I've been doing this 17 years. And it seems to me that unless there's crisis, let me go back to the camera. Oh, she said, bring it over here. Okay, all right, all right. I like the energy. I like the energy. It seems to me unless there's crisis, there's not a great appetite for change. Watch this. Even for people that are in relationships with each other. It's like your refusal to change might be breaking their heart and you don't care. Now, when I say change, I don't, I don't mean become someone that you're not. Because if you got to become someone that you're not to be with someone that someone's not for you. But when I say change, I mean become a better version of yourself. Become the version of yourself that God intended for you to be. I was like, I said, I think, I think I'm misunderstanding. I was like, babe, I might be misunderstanding my, my theology. It's really my theology of sanctification. I was like, because I don't, I don't see a lot of difference. Like, can y'all handle this level of transparency? I'm like, listen, I've been doing this 17 years, and I'm in the entrepreneurial space with my assignment to the marketplace, and I got a foot in the church world, so I see both worlds, and I'm like, it's kind of the same thing. We just put spiritual language to it over here. 
They say, I want to be the best. I want to make more, more money than you on this side. On this side, we say, God's calling me to something bigger and greater. Competitiveness over here. Competitiveness over here. Jealousy over here. Jealousy over there. The data says we're not that much more generous. See, that's data. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. We're not that much. So the same Pareto principle, the same 20%, 20%, if it's a secular nonprofit, right? You might have 20% that's carrying 80% of low, same thing happens in churches. Even the ones where people run and dance. Because spirit-filled is not spirit-led. And that's what the Holy Ghost showed me. I said, I don't, I don't, I, it's like, I really don't, I mean, honestly, it's like, I don't really see that. I don't see that. Bit. Not saying there isn't a difference, but like when I read the Bible, I was like, I don't see that big difference. Which would explain culture's lack of interest in our faith. Because they don't see the need for it. Y'all follow me here? So I'm like, man, do I need to re-examine my theology? And the Holy Spirit said to me, Darius, salvation's free. Sanctification costs. Watch this. Jesus. He said, when I talk about a man taking up his cross and following yes. me, I'm not talking about conversion. Lord, have mercy. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about post-conversion. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Salvation free. Sanctification costs. There are things you must be willing to lay down. And he said, Darius, you don't become sanctified, which is more Christ-like. That's all it means. It don't mean wear white. It don't mean you don't watch movies. Let me go. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I'm sanctified. I don't watch movies. No, you're bored. That doesn't mean you're sanctified. <laughs> It's like you formed a whole theology of spiritual growth based around what you don't do. As opposed to a, <laughs> as opposed to a theology of sanctification that says, in pursuit of Jesus, there are things I leave behind. I'm not running from anything. I'm running to Jesus. And as I seek him, there are things that I run out of. There are things that will own me that come off me. There were places I used to be in I don't stay in anymore. I'm not just trying to get out of those places. That's moralism. I'm trying to become like Jesus. That's Christianity. So the Spirit said to me, there's no, it costs. I'm like, so what's it mean? He says, I said those that are led by the Spirit of God will be sons of God. Just because a person is spirit-filled doesn't mean they're spirit-led. I said they that walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? It's make decisions, meaning allow the Spirit of God to influence their decisions. Those are the people that actually experience change. I say, okay, got it. So if you're a person that values change and you with somebody that, that doesn't, that's not an equal yoke. All you are doing is setting yourself up for a relationship of inequity. Jesus. Where they get the benefit of the person you become. But you get stuck with the bill for the person they won't become. But I want somebody in this season who has learned your value to say the devil is a liar. Nope. Uh -uh. I've learned there was a season where I didn't know my value and I would tolerate that. But now I realize I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who he says I am. So I grow and then you get the benefit of all my growth. You get the, but I'm stuck with the bill for your lack of growth. That yoke not equal. 
Am I making sense? I got four minutes, and I think I'm just going to be able to get to the single of the day. Mary, we have to circle back. Here it is. Here's the second one. Are y'all ready for this one? Authentically attracted. Now, see, some of y'all need to stop. You need to stop acting like you don't like what you like. I said it and I'm not taking it back. I said authentically attracted. You can't force this. Some of you trying to force this. Girl, that's a good man. But if you don't like him, let me go to this side. I know he's a good man. I want to like him, but I don't. I can't nobody kissing on me and I'm cringing. <laughs> Got the speaking tones that help me just da 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 bo 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 da ba ba ba. I need Christians to stop this. You don't even like that. Now, I'm not saying all of our wants are godly, but I am saying part of your preferences, part of your preferences are part of your personality. It is actually what separates you from other people. It is what makes you you. So you and your friend can look at the same person and they like, I got to have it. And you like, you can have it. Because that's part of who you are. It's what you're attracted to. And that's why some of you need to reject the cultural notion that you got to be a certain thing to be attractive. I've been doing this 17 years. People like all sorts of people. It's some young men that like them old. <laughs> Y'all not talking to me. Yeah, it's people that like them skinny and it's people that like them with some meat on their bones. You're not trying to be attractive for everybody. You're trying to be attractive for your somebody. And some of y'all trying to date people that should be prayer partners. That's your assignment. That's not your soulmate. <laughs> you like him 6'3, he 5'3. <laughs> I can understand you like him 6'3, you go to 5'10. You trying to like 5'3? You don't like that. See, I'm not. See, we're not, see, you got to be honest. We're not talking about like just crazy standards or these picky preferences. I'm saying you have to be honest regarding what you're you authentically like. attracted yeah. to. Yeah. I married what I like. Did you hear what I just said? I like it. <laughs> Here's the third one, authentically attracted. But if all you have is attraction and you don't have this next one, it's not safe. And that is emotionally connected. It's not just can I look at you and say physically I like that. It's also can into me you see. I know you like the outside, but can you see past the outside? And can we connect 
on an emotional level because that bond is the only thing that actually will sustain you long term. Let me tell you why. Attraction is not enough to keep marriage vows. Only those that are emotionally connected can do better or worse. What if worse means they lose some of their fineness? I know we all, we're trying, we trying to do the best, you know, we're we trying to do the best to keep ourselves together, but we're going to get a little older. Y'all keeping it real over here on this side. I said, we're going to get a little older, and it's not going to be like it used to be. But will you want to sit in a rocking chair and still hold my hand? emotionally connected a friend a friend only friends can keep vows only friends are really there for better or worse only friends are really there for richer or poor only friends are really there in sickness or in health are you friends mm, come on yes y'all know Y'all got the kids in children's church, right? You know, it's, you can be attracted enough to somebody to be intimate with them, but not be emotionally connected enough to want to be, to be around them. And that's all I'm going to say.